the show with a burp. <laughs> uh, yes, hello and welcome to the Earthborn Games <laughs> podcast. Uh, I couldn't muster a burp out. Sorry, Fisher. Um, no, that's fine. It's probably for the best. We don't want to lose everybody in the first <laughs> 10 seconds. Too late. Thanks for joining us again. All of you that have stuck with us all these episodes, I think this is like episode 21. Last one was 20, which yeah. kind of blew my mind. I think we've been yeah. doing this since February. If I'm not yeah, we're coming, we're coming up on a year pretty quick here. That's yeah. wild. That's crazy. We're like a real podcast. I know <laughs> it's been fun. And, uh, I, I just want to thank you all for listening and, uh, joining me are the regular guys, Andrew and Andrew. And, uh, Evan is taking care of his baby tonight, and we forgive him for that. Do we not? <laughs> yes, oh, of yeah, we, we absolutely forgive of him course. for that. <laughs> I think he could have made it, you know. He know. he offered to make it, but, like, he is on solo baby duty, so, like, he would have immediately had to, like, run away from the microphone, you know, as soon as there was a cry. He'd be too distracted. Yeah, I've been yeah. worried about it the whole time. Yeah, he'd just have, like, one ear turned toward the baby monitor. Yeah, wondering that, if this if that sound is a fussy sound or not. Right, I've had the I've had episodes like that. I think on this show, and <laughs> yeah, and we've been doing this so long that my baby has outgrown that phase. So <laughs> that's good. She sleeps all night now. Um, oh, good. That's a beautiful thing. It is. She's like twelve hour straight sleeper. That's good. Um, but anyway, we have tons of questions from you guys. Um, we asked we asked for questions and you all came through in spades. We have so many questions. <laughs> that's true. We really we really pushed it hard last time, didn't we? And there's a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, we asked a couple times. Yeah, yeah. We've got a <laughs> bunch for you. And let's let's just get into them, hey? Mm-hmm. Should we start should I start answering some for myself? Let's let's do that. We got one. Yeah, from, we can just roll it from the top. We got an interesting one from Peter on YouTube. And he said, for Anders, what instrument are you playing in your band? And why is it bass guitar? <laughs> now, that question kind of uh, makes me laugh. I don't know if you're trying to make me laugh. Uh, are you trying to peg me as a bass guitar player? Or you somehow know that I play bass guitar? But uh, I do play bass guitar in my band. <laughs> and uh, my band is called Love Lake and... A lot of the tracks are me playing all the instruments, so I play other things. I play drums and guitar and sing, but I do love bass guitar, and I'm a bit of a control freak. Not a control freak, but I just, I, I'm really uh, into bass lines, so I don't really trust anyone else to, to play those sweet bass lines that I love in, in music, um, so I just, I play bass, and it's sometimes, I got really comfortable singing and playing bass at the same time back when we were playing a lot of shows, but it's really taken some time to, to get back into that. Um, because, you know, unlike playing rhythm guitar, you're kind of playing a melody with your hand and singing a melody, two different things at the same time. And, uh, it's hard, but once you develop like a muscle memory for the songs, it's not so hard. Um, but you know, Paul McCartney did Would it. you, so did since, since you play a lot of different instruments, would you say bass is your favorite? Wh- which one do you enjoy the most, I guess? I do like playing bass a lot. I like playing drums, but I'm not very good at drums. Bass mm-hmm. is fun because it's a little bit easier, I think, than learning a bunch of chords. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I could, all, I could see, all music is I, fun. 
I could see Andrew playing the drums. I know you don't, but I could see you playing the drums. <laughs> I play a lot of hand drums. I have a lot of hand drums at my house. I have a cajon that I really enjoy playing. Ah, uh, the box um, thing? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun. You sit on it, and it's, you know, depending upon where you hit it and how you hit it, you get different sounds. You yeah. can kind of you can kind of tune. It's got a little bit of a snare in it. You can kind of tune the snare inside with the, mm. the Allen wrench. Um, I like it tight. I don't like it too rattly. That sounds um, kind of fun because I enjoy oh, drumming on my steering wheel in the car a lot. Yes, and like it's find, perfect for that. Like finding different tones, like the bass mm -hmm. is like this part of the steering wheel and the snare is like up on the dashboard or something. Yeah, I highly yeah, recommend it. That sounds it. just I, like that. Yeah, I like, uh, I also play guitar. I really enjoy playing rhythm guitar, especially like rock and metal rhythm guitar because it's almost, it's it's really percussive in its own way. Rhythm. Um, so I really enjoy that. Yeah. Well, even in, you know, in, in metal, there's a lot of ch -ch 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 sounds. Right. And, you know, right, right, right. That's really fun. So I have a question for you about your albums. Yeah. Writers. It's uh, it's interesting to me that you, when you record, you, on those recordings, you're, you're playing most of the instruments. Are you kind of like, like Trent Reznor to Nine Inch Nails where you record everything yourself and then you get a bunch of people to come on stage with you and play the songs you recorded? Yeah, yeah, I did that. The first album was all me, and then I got a band together and we played live. And then second album, I got a whole new band together and we rehearsed a bunch together as a band, and then we recorded it live. So that was hmm. a whole band thing. So we there's no not a lot of overdubbing. We wanted like a live band sound. Yeah. And then yeah, that kind of live vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third album, the most recent one, is kind of a mixture of both. So okay. there's some that cool. are just me, some are lives. Yeah. Man, I'm super intrigued now. I should I need to go listen to your music. Yeah, let's listen to it. Love cool. Lake. I, I think it's good. I would recommend it. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that sometimes when I rec recommend my music because I think a lot of people get recommended or, or or they may know someone who has a band or has a music project. A lot of times not great, you know. Yeah. I think I think that my music could could be, you know, popular if I were lucky. But mm -hmm. I'm not but I'm not lucky. <laughs> and I don't assert yes. I don't assert Start myself that much. Yeah, I think you should start outroing the show with Love Lake songs. Mm. We used like at the ah, beginning you were cool. doing like, a little outro music, and now you can now there's no it just kind of goes to nothing. You just do a little outro with little, okay, you know, yeah. fifteen second soundbite or whatever from. Okay, Love listen at the end of this episode for a, a song of mine. It may not be Sweet. a Love Lake song. I have other songs too. Cool. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, and then there's one from Peter as well for Fisher. And it says, what's currently on your music stand in the background? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, with Peter's questions, we're going to do an all-musical intro to this <laughs> podcast episode. Um, yeah, depending on the aspect ratio on YouTube, you can sometimes see a, a music stand behind me. Uh, it, is, it is the Bluegrass Fake Book. Bluegrass Fake Book. So fake books, actually a term I think originally mainly came from a collection of like jazz tunes um, back in the earlier 1900s. Um, basically, people would have these cards from radio stations with jazz tunes written on them just for quick reference. And then jazz musicians would collect them in these books 
and it was like the fake book i think because you can like you know you can fake any song right like somebody requests a song you just flip through the fake book and find it um <laughs> so this is this is the borrowing from that name this is the fiddler's fake book uh it's this big thick book of just fiddle tunes mostly irish um but just all sorts of fiddle tunes uh it's uh i grew up playing violin um my my dad was a violinist. My brother and I practiced every day, forty five minutes a day, my whole childhood. Uh, actually, won some fiddle contests back in the day, but I don't I don't play that much anymore. Um, oh man, but I, keep... I was going to say you should play on a on a Love Lake tune. I I, I could give it a try. I'm a little rusty these days, but like mm. you know, you, you practice for that much of your childhood, like it's you know kind of ingrained in you. You can always pick it up again. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just like occasionally practice. Sometimes I like instead of meditating or something as kind of my break in the middle of the day, I'll just play a little violin to like give my mind a break. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, 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 that's what's uh, in the background on my music stand. Sweet. And then uh, Peter goes on to say, inspired by the thoughts on what music Inspired by the thoughts on what music would be appropriate to listen to whilst playing Earthborn Rangers, I have a lore question, possibly for this podcast. What kind of musical instruments would be present in the valley? How much would technology play a role in that? Would there be electronic instruments, or is it back to traditional acoustic instruments? Is there an instrument visible on any of the card art? It's a good question. It is a good question. <clears throat> we've thought about that a little bit and there is one card that does have musical instruments visible uh but they're they're very very tiny so as to avoid like having to define too much what they look like at this particular juncture <laughs> yeah um, but uh when you look at them it looks like you know like a stand-up bass maybe a couple lutes so yeah i was gonna more... say lutes yeah, it's, I would it's guess more, I think, uh, what, you know, more back to traditional stuff, though. I, I think it would be cool to do like a some kind of weird evolution of traditional instruments um, at some point. We may yeah. we may or may not have a role or a especially coming up that might take advantage of musical instruments. It's, it's, it's a background. A background, sorry, <laughs> a background. But maybe, yeah. who knows? It's a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> I corrected on this mystery. Uh, yeah, it's interesting so to that think about cool. think about like instruments evolving into the future because instruments haven't really changed that much in like thousands of years. We still no. play violins and trumpets and guitars. I, th and... I think it's more the form factor that I'm interested in in exploring. Like maybe because of different materials they have, they might be able to be a little more ergonomic slash uh artful with some of the designs yeah um, though you know it's hard to beat a guitar man it's a pretty yeah. good looking <laughs> instrument well like yes. the, the the structural integrity of dole wood could the dole wood bark could lend itself to like doing some really interesting instrument yeah. forms that wouldn't hold up with normal wood yeah yeah that's true <laughs> so we'll see yeah. more to come but yes there's one one card that you'll be able to see some musical instruments in the core set awesome all right another question for me from nikki i added love lake to my playlist since i mentioned them on the last video 
but haven't had a chance to listen yet. If I'm in the car with other people and need to explain in a few sentences what it's going to be like, what should I say? <laughs> that's, a really, uh, that's a funny question. Like, it is a who, funny question. Whoever does. <laughs> okay. The, the, what I'm about Just to prepare play, yourselves. It's going to sound prepare like. Have your mind blown. <laughs> there it is. That's the answer right there. I would just say prepare to have your mind blown. <laughs> but if I but if I were to change the question into what does the music sound like, um, it's a hard one to always answer. But it's but then when I when I struggle to answer it, it it makes you think that it's like something mind blowingly unique. But it's not. It's just like you know, Beatles inspired kind of rock, um, melodic and uh, quirky at times, sometimes very deep, sometimes silly. Um, I think it's eclectic. Eclectic would be a good word for it. Mm. And melodic. Eclectic and melodic. And your friends will say, I don't like eclectic, melodic music. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> hard that, pass. Yeah, hard, or maybe that, they'll love it. Yeah. Well, that's just based on the uh, the introduction by him. Anyway, uh, the next one. Another question for me. What's your favorite board? Oh, this is from D-Cheds. D-Cheds. What's your favorite board game mechanic and why? Well, first off, I, ha- I had a period where I played a lot more tabletop games. Um, I haven't in a while, so my answers are probably kind of dated. But I've always loved bluffing, the bluffing mechanic in, in games. Um, I think because it encourages laughter and uh, big outbursts of you know disappointment and people getting angry at each other. I don't know. I just like games that kind of get the table acting wily. And uh, some games I've enjoyed are uh, Coup. Did you guys ever play Coup? Mm-hmm. I, really, I really like that. It's I like the simplicity of it. Um, and Sheriff of Nottingham. Did you guys ever play that sure. game? Oh, yeah. That's a, fun, that's a fun, fun bluffing game. And then there's this one called Chameleon. That's mm-hmm. more of like a target game. And that one's a fun, like, what would you call a game like Apples to Apples? Just kind of like a family-friendly kind of... You call that a mass market game. Yeah, a mass market yeah, game. Yeah, a part, party, party game. game yeah. Party game, yeah. Chameleon's more of a party game. And that one's pretty fun. Although, when I'm... Have you guys played it? I have not played Chameleon. I've seen the box. No. The box is cool. <laughs> it is, it is. It's got good, simple art direction. Um, but you do have to, like, really commit to a lie... And that is a little bit like one player is mm-hmm. the chameleon. So you're kind of pretending you're something that you're not. Mm-hmm. And you have to okay. like, kind of improvise lying. I'm not so good at that. But it's fun to be the person who's not having to lie. Yeah, I'm terrible at hidden role games. I, I always, I don't know. I feel like when I get close to winning either as the person who's, you know, the target of the ire of the table or I feel like I'm about to catch the person who has been, you know, trying to cheat everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think my heart rate just goes up too much. Me and, like, too. My skin color changes and I just like, I start to get all sweaty. <laughs> so you're an easy. And it, it never tell. works out. And yeah. And then, uh, you know, I played, uh, I really, have you ever played Secret Hitler? Oh yeah. No, I've heard of it though. Oh, so good. It's probably my yeah. favorite in role game, but man, oh, just heartbreaking to have <laughs> your friends just stab you in the back in that game. <laughs> oh god it's so brutal <laughs> so brutal it feels like it happens all the time 
I, I also, mean, it's kind of a stabbing in the back engine. It, yeah. it is. I mean, that's you, you, just, you, you, know, you need to know what you're signing up for with that game. That's pretty much what it's about. But it's a lot of fun. Um, I think I would also recommend to you, Anders, if you ever get an opportunity to play Skull. I think that's one of my hmm. favorite bluffing games. It's very... Just spelled normal? Skull, yep. Just Skull. It's a, it's a very simple uh, bluffing game, but it is... I think a, a a lot of fun. Um, awesome. It it has that kind of liar's dice kind of vibe to it. Oh, liar's dice is yeah, another it, one I love. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of that got that simplicity to it. Um, that cool. uh, just enough nuance to give it some texture to make it so you can just play round after round after. I round. can tell already that it's it's the kind of game I would like. Yeah, I'd, I'd, just I'd check it out if you have the if you have the chance. And I'm sorry, Andrew, but um, I just was reminded that. Marvel Snap has a lot of kind of bluffing elements <laughs> <laughs> kind of tied in. <laughs> All right. Buckle in. Next 20 minutes is snap time. Well, there's a snap question in here. We can just there wait. Is. Oh, wait. Just wait. What was the bluff? Because you're kind of guessing. Once you know all the cards, you can kind of guess what they might be doing. And you can kind of bluff and make them think you're going to go over here and yada, yada. That's I, I do miss when playing games like Snap. I miss, um, I think it was Hearthstone. When you hover your mouse over a card in Hearthstone, it highlights up for the opponent. And so you can like almost simulate the bluffing of like being at the table with somebody through how you're moving your mouse. Oh. So you, you could like hover it over something, you know, like if, if there's a play that your deck archetype would normally have, but it's not, not in your hand. You can like hover your mouse over the thing that that play would kill to make them think that you're like sitting there thinking about killing it, and oh. like you can totally, you know, like, <laughs> like get that kind of bluffing effect of like you know of the, of fiddling with your cards at the table or whatever, except through a computer interface. I always it's it's subtle, but I always thought that was cool. That is very cool. I like that. Do do were you a big fan of Hearthstone? I, I played a bunch of it when it when it came out. Um, Though after Magic released Arena, Magic Arena, like the more slick kind of version of playing Magic Online, I, I drifted more towards that. Yeah. So you'd say Snap is the better game from that guy? <laughs> I, I I have been enjoying Snap. I The fact that you can play it so fast is, is really... A big win. Gives it the edge right now. Yep. Okay, one last question for me, and then there's going to be another one for me later on. Um of the teams still left in the tournament, who do you think will win the FIFA Men's World Cup? That's clearly Brazil. And then uh, <laughs> next, we got a question from <laughs> from, Jer <laughs> from Jared. Have you guys watched any of the World Cup? I've I haven't watched. The I, kids. I intended to watch the men's team play in the, uh, the U.S. national team play in the uh, elimination round, but hmm. they were already eliminated by the time I. <laughs> looked at the scores like two so, world cups ago i was really into it and i liked it a lot but the kids at the high school i work at they're watching it constantly i didn't realize how uh, amazingly or how popular it was hmm. with kids but it's very big but i haven't watched it because i'm an i've just been watching hi i've just been watching highlights uh i have a friend who's really into it um but i mostly just get like you know oh well, go watch this we'll watch that and i'll watch some highlight reels and stuff yeah, so none of us are FIFA guys. No. Sorry, sorry, D Cheds. All right, next question from Jared. We have a lot of questions. Uh, Jared via <laughs> YouTube. What keeps you up at night when it comes to Earthborn games? Yeah, I so saw this question. 
Who's yeah, I thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anders. Is the next part part of it? Some people are. I think it's a second. That's like a second, secondary question. Okay, okay. Not unrelated question. Okay, go on. What were you going to say? I was going to say that. Um, I, I think like the this this the tone of this question, like or the way it's stated, I feel like is is kind of the antithesis to how I've been approaching my work with Earthborn. Mm-hmm. Because, at least from my perspective, when I worked at FFG, there were literally things that kept me up. <laughs> like, like I'd I'd go to bed exhausted. Yeah. Um. Like I'd have to like I'd get this like feeling like oh my god I have to go to go to sleep and I'd like run upstairs go to bed at like you know eight thirty at night sometimes, mm-hmm. and then I'd wake up at like three in the morning. And couldn't fall back asleep. Um, and it didn't matter what time I went to sleep. Like I'd go to bed at midnight, whatever. I'd wake up at three, four in the morning, um, just like full of anxiety. Right. And, uh, you know, being in that place was a big reason why I ended up leaving that job. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was pretty brutal. So I feel like uh, with Earthborn, um, there are things obviously that uh, that nag on me, like, Mostly just, you know, making sure we have enough money so that everyone can continue to get paid. Uh, but there's really not a ton I can control with that. So I wouldn't say it keeps me up at all. Um, I don't think personally there's nothing that keeps me up at night about Earthborn. And I think that's great. That is great. So, yeah. it's. I think it's just the way you approach the work and just trust that it'll be all right. And just do your best, which is, mm-hmm. I feel like, what we all do. Yeah, for sure. I, I I completely agree with that mentality and and that like mentality behind the studio is part of what drew me to um, jump into this after I left FFG and actually for uh, for and under a lot of the same uh, reasons and conditions. I I also was uh, (laughs) up, you know, waking up at like 4 a.m. and just (laughs) unable to fall back asleep and um, uh and so, yeah, I, I really appreciate that like mentality and approach. That being said, I'm uh, a very anxious person, so I still have <laughs> lost sleep over some Ranger stuff, even though I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I have uh, uh, <laughs> primarily, you know, like uh, overseeing a lot of the design and uh, side of things. The things that keep me up are just like, you know, wanting the game to be great, right? Like wanting all the systems to work, you know, like being unsure if, if there is some like inconsistency or mistake that we missed in all of the hundreds of cards we have, um, you know, especially as we've been working with our foreign partners and, you know, they have to be very exacting as they translate everything and like, you know, they have the time difference. So they start working on, you know, they start work and it's like what 3 a.m. our time <laughs> when yeah. they get into the office. And so, you know, they're already messages are already piling up at 3 a.m., you know, and I mute the channel and check it when I wake up in the morning, but like that's kept me up a little. Uh, so, <laughs> Literally. but, uh, broadly, I, I definitely agree with that, uh, mentality, Andrew. That's wonderful. And I sleep like a baby when it comes to Earthborn games. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. <laughs> um, and also from Jared, some people are already saying that deck building your Ranger feels like an indie RPGs such as Torchbearer, 
What can we look forward to in deck building rangers and new or expanded aspects in the future of Earthborn Rangers? Yeah, so I've not played Torchbearer, but um, I think I've mentioned before how inspirational um, the Burning Wheel was uh, to the deck building for Earthborn Rangers. And I believe Torchbearer is similar to Burning Wheel. Are you familiar with Torchbearer, Fisher? I'm actually not, no. Um, it's the, the same publisher, I think. I think it's the same designer, oh, too. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm reasonably certain. People can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, I think the, uh, the that's awesome that people are saying that because that's precisely what uh, I was going for with the concept. <laughs> so that's that's great. That's great. Um, I think as far as what you can look forward to in the future, yeah, more options. So he says new or expanded aspects. I assume that doesn't literally mean yeah, I don't the think the game aspects. term aspects, just aspects in the English use. Uh, we, we will be giving more options um, uh, for new and different starting ranger decks. But since you know our game is a campaign game and an ongoing game, we do also want to encourage people to take their decks forward. And so, well, that we will be giving some, doing some new starting options for rangers, um, a lot of the effort's going to be going into also going into new rewards and stuffs to progress your your current ranger decks. And so I think as time goes on and you unlock, you know, all of our core game rewards as well as rewards into the future, um, you're going to find a whole new interesting deck building challenge just in how you manipulate your starting deck. Um, so uh, I think our attention is going to both fronts, but I think we have a lot of uh, exciting stuff in both. I can't speak to more specifics than that, but uh, um, one of our designers, Davi, is, is testing some stuff stuff right now that's uh, pretty fun. So I'm excited for you all to see it next year or whenever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be next year sometime. Yeah, yeah. it'll be next yeah. year. Of course it will. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one comes from Mix Mix from Discord. I remember that the plan was for the expansion to be packed in some disposable box. Interesting. As you're meant to integrate it on the core game. Wait. I was going to maybe in the core game. In the core game. In the core game box directly. If you are getting the Ranger card doubler, will there be enough space still for the expansion? Yes. Yes and yes. Uh, there is enough room in the core set box to put your expansion, first expansion content, and the card doubler content in there. Uh, yeah, the original plan was, well, hard to say it was original, a, a plan, but a thought was that the expansion uh, and or the card doubler would come in a box that you were would effectively just recycle and then just put that content straight into the core box. But in looking into inexpensive uh, packaging options, they really weren't a whole lot less expensive than just doing a nice packaging option. Um, and the fact that we ended up getting, you know, so many foreign partners on board and we'll have even more uh, in the, over the next year, uh, if everything goes like it looks like it's going, um, has made it so things like the doubler and the expansion, which I was originally envisioning as more completely direct to consumer uh, products, will actually have to have a, you know, 
nice look to them so that they look all right on a store shelf. So the expansion, uh, the legacy of the ancestors expansion now is, uh, it comes in a standard lid base box, same as the card doubler. The card doubler uh, is big enough to, the, the, the packaging is big enough to function as a, as a deck box as well. So you can store, store your ranger deck in there too, if you'd like, or, you know, any excess cards you have. Um, I don't know, maybe you have two doublers or two corsets. Who knows how many cards you have? You have plenty of places to put your cards. And the expansion, um, one of the limiters on the size of that box is the campaign guide that's coming in it. So right now the plan is to um, have a, uh, you know, a printed campaign guide that comes in the box and that will determine the size. So our plan right now is to do it half the size of the corset box. So it'll be a little bit smaller booklet, uh, but just as many pages. So about uh, half the amount of content that's in the in the core game uh, campaign. Um, and then the cards will come in there. So while you can put everything in the core box, you can totally do that. You can also just store things, you know, in the box they came in. That's that's fine. That is now going to be an option as well. Cool, cool. Thus um, ends my symposium on packaging. <laughs> oh, question well answered. All right, Thanks. next question. We got like 20 more, guys. Bio 3. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Oh, wow, we do have a lot more. Well, I mean, we can cut it off whenever we want. So we, we can save questions for next time. This is good. Be... You know, we're only half an hour in. Like, we're fine. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're rolling we're, we're rolling through yeah, these. We'll, we'll we sidetracked be... on music a bit, but we're yeah, doing good. Exactly. Let's keep it loose. You know, we'll just chit-chat throughout. As soon as it feels we'll, we'll, boring, we'll stop. We'll, we'll keep it loose with this next question about the fiddly details of delivery and fulfillment. Oh, my God. <laughs> I read this question. I was like, yep, that's a question for me. Uh, should, we, should we hop back to it? No, let's do it. Fun question? Let's, okay. just keep, let's just keep going. This uh, is a fun question, Andres. Is. This is uh, fun. Yeah, don't judge bio 3348. <laughs> Bio3348 asks via Discord, how does delivery and fulfillment work? My example <laughs> my, my example is I am a Kickstarter backer with the German version and the Playmats and lore book. So I understand that the game is produced in Germany, but fulfilled by Earthborn. So I was interested, where will the Playmats be produced and how does such a project work? work logistically seems really complicated with different production locations and stuff to ship to europe and stuff from europe shipped to the u.s can you talk about this logistics stuff sometime in the podcast i find this interesting i'm glad you do bio <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate it thank you thank you so all this stuff is stuff that i've been working on very very slowly and uh, it's in my like what i've been doing is is grinding toward the finish line on all this stuff um, manufacturing, I feel a little bit more comfortable with, but logistics, shipping logistics is something that I know nothing about. So I've been kind of describing it like, uh, you know, in all my, in all my time working in, uh, at FFG, I was exposed to a lot of different aspects of the business. Like, you know, obviously enough to feel like, you know, I, I knew enough to be able to like do this thing and take it all the way to the finish line. But this, the logistics fulfillment part of it, it's like, it's a thing I knew that happened over there. And I knew that what people's jobs roughly were and what they, what they did. Um, 
but it's like full-time jobs for people to, <laughs> to handle all of the logistics around manufacturing and then shipping uh-huh. and uh many full-time jobs yeah well i mean it's a lot more <laughs> stuff than we're dealing with right yeah but um <clears throat> i described it the other day as like jumping out of a plane with a basic idea of what the parachute should look like <laughs> and some and some reams of fabric <laughs> yeah like, <clears throat> like here's these materials just go uh and that's really what it's kind of felt like to me and yeah it is complicated because we're we are printing things um all over the place though more and more things have have moved to germany so that's exciting uh so we're um we haven't finalized it yet every time i've gotten good news on this i've gotten uh, bad news uh later so i'm i'm hesitant to say this good news out loud but i will and maybe it'll make it happen <laughs> uh is that we finally found a uh a uh, company that could do our natural rubber playmats that we wanted. We found plenty of people that are that can do neoprene, but I hate neoprene, and I uh, I don't use that word very often. I guess or maybe hate's too strong of a word. I dislike neoprene. <laughs> what is neoprene usually? It's found like a, it's in... that playmat material. So like most playmats that you get, uh, are you familiar with like like card playmats? Sort of. Here, hold on one second. It's like okay. a mouse pad. Yeah, like an old school mouse pad with like a plasticky top. Yeah, basically, neoprene is like a just a synthetic rubber. Rubber. Yeah, it's like a mouse pad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So neoprene's like this garbagey rubber material. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. See yeah. Here. Right. Yeah. It smells like it came out of the anus of the earth. Um, <laughs> that, actually, that'd probably smell better. It smells yeah. like it came out of a, of a garbage okay. pit. Yeah. Or like it, like or like you'd find like a stack of. Uh, uh, old tires, mm-hmm. and then you know roll around in it. This is what you'd smell like. Is, mm. is yeah, p- people wax poetic about new board game smell and new car smell. No one has ever <laughs> waxed poetic about new neoprene smell. It's worse, <laughs> and I'm sm- like, and I can just smell this right here. So these are these are samples that we got from a company that that purported to be able to do natural rubber, and then they sent us these things on neoprene, and I was very disappointed. Uh, um, they still stink. And they've been sitting out in the open air for a while. Um, so anyway, uh, and then on the other side is like a, you know, like a, almost like a polyester cotton mm-hmm. blend uh, that you print, that you print on. Um, so you can get natural rubber on the back here, which is what I've been wanting to do. And I wanted to use Ulex, which is a type of natural rubber that is uh, sourced from the only, they supposedly the only FSC certified uh, rubber tree forests on the planet. Oh, um, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get Ulex, but we will be able to get natural rubber, which is better than um, better than neoprene by far. Feels nicer, and then usually the fabric on the on the face is is nicer. So, anyways, we found a company that'll finally be able to do that, and they are located in Germany. So that's cool because I thought we might be having to ship those maybe from the states, or even print them in China because it's all sourced in China. So it's like it's not a huge deal to print something in China if it's being sourced there already. Um, so I thought we might have to do that, but uh, we are now hopefully going to be printing at a company in Germany who's doing that. The lore book is being printed in Lithu- Lithuania, so which is also not super far away. Uh, so most everything in and the uh, in the energy tokens, uh, the deluxe tokens, um, are also going to be made in Germany. 
so the only thing that's coming from elsewhere is uh, the miniatures, which are coming from the UK. So luckily, most of the shipping post-manufacturing is pretty easy because you just put it on a truck and it goes. Uh, we don't really have to worry about any of the any freight um, to our fulfillment centers within Europe. Uh, but then we will have to worry about freight for things coming over from Europe to the States. Um, but luckily, all the manufacturers I'm working with seem like they know what they're doing and have people who <laughs> they are recommending for all of these uh, various freight tasks. Wow. Uh, but then, so I need to organize the freight. I need to organize the shipment from the manufacturer to the fulfillment house. So that's a separate company. And then I have a, we have fulfillment companies that we're working with. Um, and we're working with Direct Link in Europe and uh, either, quartermaster, either Quartermaster Logistics or Direct Link in the US. Um, they're kind of neck and neck with the quotes right now. Um, so, and I haven't really committed one way or the other. Uh, and then we're going with VR distribution in Australia. So we have to ship to them. Fantasia is uh, is doing all the fulfillment in Italy. So they're going to be getting a shipment. And then I think we're probably going to be going to Spiral Galaxy in uh, the UK. So yeah, there's a bunch of different fulfillment centers to coordinate with. Get all those deals signed. Get all that stuff figured out. And, uh, and then obviously make the game and ship it to them and get it everything in time to... Uh, to fulfill hopefully in March, which is our goal. Um, but everything will be held up by whatever the slowest piece is. So uh, right now it looks like everything should be converging in a very fortuitous way. So hopefully that holds, but yeah, it's a lot. Let me mm. tell you, and I'm yeah. learning a lot. And and we haven't even touched on VAT, which <laughs> Stop. well, that should be done. That should be yeah. done. I have a we have an agree. I have an agreement that I looked at again uh, yesterday and ad, asked a question, um, but I'm an inches away from signing that agreement, and we will have our VAT number within the next four to six weeks. Cool. Um, yeah. We don't have. So there you go. Bio three three four three three four eight. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you found. I hope you found that interesting. That was pretty good. You know, I, we don't have a lot of questions this week, so I thought of, I just thought of one on my own just now. Um, <laughs> I was curious, do you know, like, what is the percentage of pre-orders or Kickstarter backers that are non-US versus US? Uh, I don't know the exact percentage. Uh, I would say it's about a third. A third is outside of US? Yeah, a third's outside of North America. Our, our, most of our backers are in the US and Canada. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's super cool. And then the, but the bulk of our print run is staying in Europe because we have a bunch of European partners. So, mm -hmm. um, I think I mentioned it before, but it it is in kind of a roundabout way fulfilling what I hoped to do for the game, which was to uh, have it be produced where it was sold, and mm -hmm. the majority of it that is true. Yeah, sounds like it. All right. Next question from Virgent, Virgent Admin. What is the easiest way to learn the rules of Rangers? Read the whole rule book or do you have a quick start sort of introduction? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Right now, um, and for the demo, uh, we, the, the best way to learn it will be the rule book. Um, 
we put together the rule book in very much kind of like a learning guide kind of way um, that I think does a pretty good job of kind of teaching you the rules. Um, and then we also have our prologue that kind of helps ease you in, though you do need somebody who has read the rules before you play through that. It does not teach you the full game, um, merely kind of helps you with deck building and helps you ease, ease you into the concepts. Um, but uh, one of the things uh, that Corey uh, has started working on and I'm helping him with is we are also going to be doing some rules teaching videos that we'll have on the website before launch. And uh, ideally, this will be the optimal way to do it. We're uh, doing some research on how other people approach it. And I think we're going to um, kind of break it up in a really interesting way that'll make, you know, make for easy reference or just learn first time learning. And so I personally, I'm, I'm a big like YouTube watcher and stuff. So I, I think, I think, I, I think, and I hope that when we're done, the videos will be the best way to learn the game. But, uh, I, you know, I, uh, having wrote most of the rule book, I, I do stand by, <laughs> behind it as a way to learn the game as well. <laughs> I think it's a great rule book. I would say as always, the best way to learn is for someone to teach you. That's true. Uh, that is mm. always the best way, but right. that doesn't help the first person, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I can be the first person, you know, I can start teaching people here in the Twin Cities and then you all travel out and, you know, we'll kind of spread it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very grassroots teaching of the game. Yeah. I think that'd be fun to do actually. Like More oral tradition, board oh, game rules. It'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all for it. And Virgin has a virgin head men has a slew of questions here the next one is how is technology viewed in the earthborn world as a savior or a necessary evil or somewhere in between it's a tool yeah it's just a tool it is neither neither savior nor evil uh just a tool i think <clears throat> i think the, the the distinction i feel between technology of today versus technology of uh, that you'll see in Earthborn, um, at least in the stuff we've made thus far, is that they have some pretty sophisticated technology, but where our technology today, like uh, will, like for example, um, it, it might like look at the particulate matter in the air and then, um, and then it'll give you a readout of what's in the air, but it often goes a step further. And then an AI makes some kind of suggestion to you on what the right course of action is to do with the data you've just received, or you don't even get the data. The AI just makes the determination based on some, uh, based on past information, based on past data and, you know, all sorts of stuff that says, Oh no, this is what you should do with the information we just gathered in earthborn you would get all the data, but then it stops there where now it's just up to the person who has that data to then do something with it. Um, and additionally, like all the like kind of more physical tools that exist in the world, they're all intended to be like extension, like they're intended to be extensions of, of, of human effort. So they all require human effort. There's no like, push button technology in in the world you have to you have to use it as a tool and interact with it and manipulate it and learn how to use it use your brain that's the difference <laughs> i think between today and then mm -hmm. 
Well, and there's there's a lot of technology in the setting that once did not fit with that description, right? Like our modern world led to this uh, far future world, Mm -hmm. but that technology isn't really in use anymore. A lot of it is just either gone, decayed, or part of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. one of the big themes we explore is that just that question of, you know, these massive world altering things are they can they even be considered man-made anymore what is man-made what is natural you know in a world that has been so transformed by human intervention of the past mm-hmm. and so like i think a lot of that like and you know what is technology versus what is nature is a core theme that we're trying to get you to think about and make decisions on yourself as you're playing through the game yeah absolutely awesome okay how do people of the valley view bicycles and, and other non-polluting forms of transportation. They're fine with it. Uh, there's really <laughs> well, no I mean, like pollution shaming or anything. They, they hate <laughs> they hate bicycles. In well, the valley. I mean, they probably aren't huge fans of bicycles. Second I class. mean, like, have you ever tried to ride a, a bicycle on a mountain path? Unless you're yeah. a really good mountain biker, it's a uh, difficult (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no bicycles we have like a weird thing called a pin crawler which is like a multi-legged kind of uh vehicle Hmm. um but uh and we also have like these uh these memlev floating uh platforms um you'll see ren kobo the merchant he has a he has a little floating platform that kind of follows him around so uh, you know they're they're cool that you know, everything it's all it's all good, but they don't exist but anymore. It, no, they do. Yeah, it's, but mm. I think it's again, it's like people like to get out there and exercise. So yeah, uh, anything that they anything that might be like a vehicle is like it's not they can like go like like the like the Swift for example or the little like hopper uh, glider vehicle. Like those are those are pretty rare and only used in extreme circumstances typically because mm-hmm. you don't really need to go that far it's not like you yeah. know living in the u.s where you have to you know drive half an hour just to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so a bike might be perfect for that yeah the grocery store well you know again like maybe out on the uh out on the salt flats or something bicycles mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit better yeah totally future bicycle mm-hmm. all right back to me from uh this one's for me what are what are your top three favorite snap cards that's marvel <laughs> have you guys heard of marvel snap um no tell i'm me about not it. familiar <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's kind of this underground <laughs> little card game um okay my favorite i i can't i i haven't really uh i have a lot of cards but I, there's some i've neglected but my favorites are dracula currently dracula takes on at the end, if you play him at the end of the game, he'll he'll absorb the power of one of your other cards. That's that classic Marvel character, Dracula. <laughs> there's some, I know there's some uh, there's some characters in there that I've looked up, and they're actually just like such minor characters, like Infinot. Uh, Infinot. It's like this card that has like twenty. It's a really cool looking character, um, but it's like one of the first cards you get, and it's just it's it appeared in like four issues of Marvel. Um, 
throughout time. I just unlocked, what is it, like, Hell Cow? Yeah, Hell Cow. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> hell Cow, I know. That that one made me laugh. And then Mr. Negative. But, I, but Mr. Negative is one of my other favorite ones. And then Odin is a classic. And, uh, oh, I had, I had something else I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say, I can't wait till we are having these kind of discussions about Earthborn cards. Yeah, right? that's true. Right? Yeah. People asking, what are your favorite cards? Mine is Yadi Ren Kobo. Is he a card? He's great. Yeah, he's great. He is. And he actually, so he's not a card you can put in your deck, but he is, he is pretty good. He is one uh, of my, he is one of my favorite cards. He's great. He's, he's nice to have around. Wouldn't it be fun to have these conversations? And then, yeah. Andrew, you won't have to read a book while we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be reading a book because I've not played it yet still. Um, and it says, have you tried Smash Up? No, but my friend was comparing that to Snap, so I should probably check it out. Have you played Smash Up, you guys? Uh, yeah, I have. A long time ago, though, like right after it came out, maybe it was like 12 years, 10, 10 12 years ago. Is that like a player versus player game? Yeah. Um, so you, there's a bunch of different decks that are all kind of follow classic tropey archetypes like aliens or uh, cowboys or whatever else. And then you you take two of these decks and you smash them up. So you're playing alien cowboys this time. And uh, mm. they released lots of different versions with lots of different things. Um, but oh. it has a kind of a similar to snap, like area control kind of mechanics to it. But mm. it's been a long time, so I can't really go into more detail than that. Cool. If there's no Marvel characters, I'm not interested. That's why. <laughs> they might have done a Marvel sm- smash up at one point. I don't remember. Yeah, mm. something makes me feel like they did. but I, I, I don't even care about Marvel very much. But I do not. I, I like them as cards in a game. I like looking at the art. Oh yeah, they, they for sure did a Marvel smash up. Oh, there's did? a Marvel everything. Huh? Yeah, there is a Marvel everything. Yeah. Um, Andrew, I lost your video. Are you? You're there. Though. Oh, you did? Yeah, you'll come back. You see him, Fisher? Yeah, I see him. Okay, that's just me. My bad internet, internet that follows me around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think that's the final question for me, and. Uh, we have, we have just a few more questions. Uh, next one's from Matt. And he asks, if I show up at an event and have two to three hours to play a pickup game of Earthworm Rangers, what will that experience be like? Will it be like the Vertical Slice demo? Will there be special missions? What will that be like, you guys? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. So um, the core game experience is just a is just our campaign play. Um, that being said, like uh, people who already have a campaign underway, I think you'll, once you start playing the game, you'll see how easy it is to just have some other people jump in for a game, try it out. And, you know, you can even play, you know, if, if your members of your campaign are there, you're playing it solo or somebody else, you want to add on a couple people for one session, you can totally do that because of the changing player counts and stuff. Um, that being said, we do plan on giving tools for people to play kind of one-off sessions. So you could kind of play something a little bit like the, ver- the vertical slice uh, or the TTS demo that um, we're going to be putting out. Um, and that will be, you know, like probably either pursue one mission or kind of explore the world and help some people out uh, over the course of just like a day or two, if you're fast players uh, and, you know, play for a couple hours um, but that kind of broader question about 
playing a event, you know, Earthborn Rangers at an event type situation. We've been kind of mulling over that question and um, thinking about ways, other ways that we can approach some extra content for people that could answer that question in fun ways. I can't speak to it exactly yet, but I, I think we um, have some cool ideas in that space beyond just these kind of one-off sessions you'll be able to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned playing the campaign because I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like that that is probably the that's probably the best thing to do is uh, in a two to three hours if you want to play a pickup game is just pick up wherever your current campaign is and you know give either uh, I, I would maybe just have some decks ready to give to people if you have a limited amount of time so they don't have to take the time to build a deck um uh or if yeah, you have three hours and that's plenty of time um but uh yeah i would just have them like you mentioned just jump in jump in and play in a play your mission with you I guess maybe unless yeah, you're in the finale or something, that might be tough. <laughs> yeah, it would be that would be a little brutal on the, yeah. your poor guests. Uh, <laughs> but no, when I was uh, doing one of my playtest playthroughs, uh, I was showing the game to some friends, and I had originally planned on just being like, "Well, let's just set up the game, you know, like my current playthrough, and we'll play it." And I had planned on just throwing away that session and replaying that session by myself, right, for the playtest. But actually, like. It went so well and was so fun that I just kept it and kept rolling. Also, it was nice because you know, like uh, one more day down, like you know, yeah. trying to get trying to get this thing done for playtesting purposes. But uh, like I fully planned on throwing out that session and just you know reverting back to where I started. But like having some visitors just added to the experience, and you know, my story continued just fine. And so I I just kept the results of the session. Sweet. Okay. Um, this next one, this next question is, uh, I don't know if, I'll, okay. Ro asks if you could be a character in a movie, <laughs> where would you see your, in which one would you guys see yourself and what role would you play? <laughs> I tried to think of it and I, I you guys, do you think of something? I, something came immediately to mind for me. Oh go yeah. Ahead. Go. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, <laughs> In any of the only th three Indiana Jones movies in the Indiana Jones trilogy of movies, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, short ar round ar archaeologist exists. You could, from everything Sam tells me, uh, she says it's just like Indiana Jones, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, I, like that. That's what I thought. It'd be pretty cool to be Indiana Jones. You know, maybe without all the murder, um, he does kind of get his <laughs> ass kicked a lot, so that might be a little painful. Um, <laughs> but it all works out in the end. So. Uh, That'd be all right. That'd, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. I would be Dracula, Just <laughs> in in the movie in Marvel's Dracula. <laughs> and which depiction of Dracula, like Bram Stoker's Dracula? Just the Marvel Snap version of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me think. Fisher, go. Do you have well, one? I, I was trying to think, because here's the thing, is like, you know, there's all sorts of movie characters you can imagine yourself being and stuff, but movies have tension because things usually go horribly wrong, right? That's so true. like, most movie characters I wouldn't actually want to be. I was trying <laughs> to think of like, is there a good movie character who just lived a long, happy, and peaceful life, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like thinking a little bit like, you know, like Bilbo <laughs> kind of has that, um, but like, 
the mm-hmm. ring kind of hangs as a specter over it. Um, uh, the the couple in Up kind of has it, but then, you know, the whole, like, how sad that is at the end is, is kind of <laughs> sad. Like, you know, the, the fact that they can't fulfill their, uh, their goals of travel is a little sad. So, like, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on, like, I was looking for a movie character that just lived a happy, idyllic life, and I was going to choose them. <laughs> but okay. it's, it's a little hard. That's good. I like that. When I was 18, I, I felt like I connected with the dude from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, had, he had a zany adventure, and he lived in the end, right? Yeah, he was all right. That yeah, dude was all right. And he was, right. And he the was beginning chill about end. it, yeah. Yeah. I used to like, I used to think he was a cool dude. Um, oh, that's, such a, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll be the dude. Fisher is the old man from Up. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> is I, it... <laughs> I couldn't choo- I couldn't manage to choose anybody successfully. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew is Indiana Jones. Or are you short round? You didn't say which character you'd be. No, I say Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. No, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the little uh short kid? round? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. little kid. Yeah. Short round. Great. He's name. great. He's very small. You cheat very big. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him when I was young. <laughs> and that 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 actor just recently he didn't act for most of his life and uh recently made a a comeback he, he, he was, was great in, um uh everything everywhere all at once oh okay he was so good yeah. in that and I he didn't, was he was i really didn't realize good. that was him until after the movie was over but I, he looked familiar <clears throat> okay we've got two more questions the next one cosmic hero 42 i'm planning on playing earthborn mostly with my wife but possibly introducing some friends at a later date. The tutorial sounds excellent. How would you recommend onboarding new players? Running through the tutorial with them or walking them through deck building? Did we kind of answer that already? I think so. We did a little yeah, bit. A little bit. I, I would say that uh, that you combine those two because running them through the tutorial will also walk them through deck building. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say if you are you know, the person who is familiar with the game, uh, taking them through the prologue is the uh, is a really good way of of bringing them on board. Um, at least you know that's I wrote it with that intent. So hopefully it's a good way of bringing people on board. Uh, but I think it's uh, it was written in, in such a way where you know it, it introduces concepts slowly and uh, gives you manageable. Um, it, it lets you. It, it lets you play with your deck as you build it. So when you first start out, you have a very limited set of cards with not a whole lot going on in them, and then you add more and you add more. So it kind of increases the complexity as you play. And it also has some nice little interludes with the uh, with the fiction where it'll, it'll onboard you to the world as well as you're playing. So I, I hope that will be the best way to bring new people on board, uh, especially if you already know the rules. But if you know yeah, them I, I, really well, then you know you, you'll probably get to a point where you find your own best way of explaining how things work. Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. That I think, like you know, obviously we created the prologue with the intention of onboarding people, so <clears throat> like we we recommend that as the way to bring people on. Uh, you know, some people are exceptional teachers and may take other approaches. Um, but like this is the best tool we can give you to kind of help bring other people on board. Uh, if you're already in the middle of a campaign and, and bringing somebody on, uh, I'd probably recommend actually um, 
maybe don't dive them into like the entirety of deck building. I'd recommend maybe, you know, maybe ask some, some high level questions and then give them a deck based on that. Um, uh, you'll kind of see certain cards are a little more straightforward and I like to use those for newer players and, um, you know, give them that and then like, just kind of let them kind of contribute as you're playing through the game. Uh, is kind of another way if you're doing that more in the middle of your campaign kind of intro experience for somebody. Very good. Okay. Our, uh, our latest, our last and greatest question comes from Darren. I don't know why it's the greatest. I just said that. Uh, but Darren <laughs> is a super fan. We get him a lot. And Darren says, thanks for releasing the rule book and for having most of the Rangers starting cards in there. I spent most of my Thanksgiving holiday crafting builds. That's awesome. It's like I'm already playing the game while I wait for it to be released. Um, this question came up as I was thinking about Ranger decks and character growth through, re through reward cards. How will that work with shapers, which seem to be much more specialized than the other specialties? Are there manifestations you can get as rewards? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. So um, uh, for people who don't know, the shapers... Uh, have special cards called manifestations. They're they're kind of like our spells, and they need very specialized training to be able to use. And they need what's called a conduit, which is this um, device um, and focus uh, for the shaper's intent. And um, so, you know, in game terms, you need to have the special device, and you need to have these manifestation cards. So it, they're harder for other people to use. Um, so yes, there will be manifestations that you can get. Uh, but the shaper is a harder, is going to be a harder deck to progress than others, uh, because of that very kind of specific niche. It's one of the prices you pay for abilities that other characters don't have access to. Shapers can tinker with parts of the game that other characters just don't get the chance to and um, can do some very powerful things as a result. But one of the downsides is they're just harder to pull off like that kind of cohesive synergistic build. You're doing some zany things, but you're, you're going to have to do some more advanced tricks to get there than other characters. Cool, cool. And uh, he also asks, when I'm going to be streaming myself playing the tabletop simulator demo of Earthworm Rangers, I don't know. Sounds like fun. Could uh, be soon. Could, yeah. So uh, the plan is to have the TTS demo live by the time that this podcast releases. Um, <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, it won't be a shock to our listeners if we release it before the <laughs> podcast. Uh, if it hasn't released yet, it will be any moment. So uh, um, be excited. Um, cool. But. Uh, so we could do it next time. We we could teach you the game and have you you play as our next podcast if we wanted to. Sweet, that sounds great. Tune in next time for that, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Should we do? Do we want to do that? Or... <laughs> I'd like to do like I, you know, like I've been saying, I'd like to do that in person. I'd like to try okay. to find a way of yeah, setting yeah, up yeah. cameras around a table and microphone. We could... That'd be cool. I'm playing. Yeah. yeah. That'd we we could probably do that. We just rig an overhead one. We could use phones even. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think that should be our goal. We should. I'll, okay. We'll task Corey with uh, 
<laughs> setting that up producing that yeah yeah okay that's when you'll that's when you'll see it darren okay thanks for all of those questions everybody yeah that was that, something that concludes listener questions <laughs> Please don't send any more next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, ask, keep asking. Keep I, asking uh, questions. Yeah. Yeah. Keep great. asking. That's the bulk of our show, so keep, keep them coming. There may be all sorts of questions because the TTS demo is, will be available. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you all kind of asked me about things apart from the game, so ask these other guys some stuff like that. You know, Ask them about their... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> ask about the albums us. that we make. Yeah, ask about their albums. <laughs> I made one album. You did? I, I did, yeah. When well, I, was I, sure, I sure hope someone asks about it for next week. <laughs> my, 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 my brothers made a bunch of That's albums, cool. but I don't know if they're pr- appropriate to, to promote. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, a you talked about them before. <laughs> they're the like Blarney Stone Band or whatever. They like Stubby a, Shillelaghs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you, what did you pl- what did you do in the album you made in college? Oh, it was a uh, it was an album that I made on my my dad's. Uh, he had an eight an eight track recorder. Um, oh, yeah. So it was pretty cool. So you had eight different tracks and just recorded it on a you know like a, a cassette. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was home <clears throat> was home for uh, the summer, trying to get a job. Couldn't get a job, so I spent the entire summer just playing the guitar in my parents basement oh and then uh started getting ideas for for songs and recorded maybe like 10 different songs they're both they're like rock metal stuff did you and name some, it uh yes it's called sift sift by by you by andrew I mean, navarro yeah yeah sweet you can't get it i have it on like a disc in a book somewhere <laughs> one disc it's <laughs> all that's left yeah i used to have it on cassette i like you know like uh I laid out, this was in 1993. I laid out the, uh, uh, like the insert for the, um, for the cassette and then like color, we took it in and like color photocopied it and then put the, you know, the lyrics on the other side. Uh, Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's pretty (laughs) fun. I don't know if I still have that anywhere. I hope you do. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. Works. Do you want to talk work? Yeah, we can do some quick work stories. Let's check in. Let's check in with uh, with you guys. Uh, Fisher, you want to? Yeah. Um, well, ahead? we already touched on some of mine, which <laughs> is uh, the TTS demo is either already available or shortly available. Uh, sorry about the delay. We said it would be available at the end of November, and we came in a little late. Uh, just getting stuff ready for the core set took priority. Um, got, got to make sure that stays on track, and uh, the, the, the demo comes second. Um but yeah, um, I I think I hope um, that you'll be really happy with it. We kind of took a, an approach. Um, people who played the vertical slice during the um, Kickstarter will see a lot of similar elements. Uh, we explored a similar area of the game, partially because it makes a good introduction. It's a nice little open area that we can cordon off. It's earlier in the game, so it's not spoiling things too much. And we thought it would be pretty cool for people to be able to see how the game has changed since uh, the vertical slice and kind of see where the game came since then. Um, So I I hope you enjoy your time with it. I'm excited to see people talking about it and asking us questions on Discord. 
Um, we played around with a couple of things in the environment. Uh, it, recording this early, I'm it, like, it's a little weird because I'm like, I'm, I'm hope they're working. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we, we, we tried this uh, add-on for these memory bag things where to kind of help with card management and stuff. So, um, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how what people think of it once it's in your hands. Uh, other work stuff, as I mentioned, uh, we're getting started on rules videos uh, with Corey. Corey's going to be kind of working on how we teach the game via video, and I'm obviously helping with that because of my um, experience with the rules. And then, unfortunately, Luke, who is working on uh, Legacy of the Ancestors now, did come down with COVID. And so we had a slight pause on that, but he's feeling a lot better and diving back in on that. So uh, we're starting back on some Legacy of the Ancestors development and hoping to be testing that stuff after the holidays. So overall, uh, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling really good. It, it, the last couple times we've talked on the podcast about work, I've felt very kind of crunched because we're, you know, barreling on the end. We have all these partners translated in the game and like, you know, it's just constant juggling of like all these different versions of the game that have to be, you know, all proofread and quality controlled and stay consistent with each other and coordinating all that was a lot of, of work. And we're basically, I mean, mostly past that at this point. We have, we have some residual stuff, you know, and there'll always be other tasks but um it it already is feeling like a bit of a weight lifted and uh i have the the ability to focus on other parts of the project which is uh very energizing so that's yeah, awesome going good sweet and how are you doing andrew <clears throat> uh pretty good i mean to fisher's point we're at uh like today we were doing our final final review of the files uh, like uh something that we used to do back at FFG where we would print things out and then kind of just do like a last, last look, last call for anything that we might find. Um, so, uh, Fisher and Evan and I got together at a, at a local coffee shop and hung out for a few hours and, and did that work. I got through some of the stuff. There's so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot. But we've spent a lot of time looking at it. So like, you know, we could, we had a discussion about like, could we actually do this for all time and never find everything? <laughs> Probably. Um, but it felt really good to be at this. It feels really good to be at this stage where, you know, we're on the, on the eve of uh, getting everything into manufacturing. It's pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned before, you know, just grinding toward the finish line, trying to get all of everything lined up for manufacturing and fulfillment and, and all that stuff has been a has been a huge grind for me. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just really it's really challenging, especially when there's other you know other things, creative things that I have to do uh, to try to get up the energy to do that stuff. Um, it's 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 a it's a personal challenge. Um, and uh, yeah, speaking of personal stuff, like I've been I've been working on a lot of personal stuff, not personal like projects, but like the personal project that is Andrew Navarro. Yeah, I've been working on that <laughs> a lot this past oh, month. Yeah. And uh, it's been really good. It's been really positive, but it's, it's required a lot of energy and a lot of time and effort. And it's really poorly timed because there's a lot of work that needs to get done. Mm. And it's been really, really difficult for me to um, prioritize work uh, on some days because I just have a lot going on in my personal life. Mm. Um, 
which uh, is, I think, some kind of like karmic retribution because I've spent the last two years like focused almost entirely on work. Uh, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, I think I just, I burned that candle a little too far. And now it's, uh, it's just the, the, I don't know, let me mix my metaphors a little bit more. And um, <laughs> I think it's starting to like uh, the tip, the, the scales, I think, are starting to be tipped more toward, hey, hey, maybe you spend a little time on yourself. Um, but like I said, it's pretty poorly timed because we're at the very end. So it's been, it's been tough. So speaking of which, like I'm really behind on customer service responses. I have, uh, it's been almost two weeks since I've, since I've, sent any emails customer service related which is pretty much the the longest i think i've gone i've gone a couple times this past this past year or so waiting two weeks to get people responses but um so if you're waiting for a response from me from the info at account i will get to it as soon as i can but i'm i'm very much behind on that but overall i feel good even though i'm even though i'm kind of buried at the moment it still feels good because you're helping yourself and that's important. Yeah. And the fans I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Good for you. Thanks. I'm doing that as well. Yay. <laughs> um, life is big and hard, isn't it? <laughs> we need to, we need to <laughs> turn inward it, sometimes. It can, it can be big and hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's small and flaccid. That's it. Okay, <laughs> you, you beat me to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, stuff we're into. Big hard life. Okay. <laughs> I've been playing this game. It's a little known game. Um, it's it's a little called, indie project. Well, yeah. indie project based on this property of like superheroes and this shit. Uh, it's like a <laughs> card game. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've been playing that still. And uh, that's all. I just play that every chance I get. I'm really obsessed with it. I think it's top 20, uh, top 50. I don't know. Maybe 20 games. <laughs> games. But I, this is one of those games where after the, like, you know, the, the, the thrill is gone, I realized that I don't really like it that much. It just was, like, really good at getting its hooks in me. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if it like stands the test of time. But I so really you, have, you haven't snapped out of it yet. No, I haven't snapped uh... out of it. But I, but I almost I, I see it happening almost a lot. I'm almost there. Yeah. But then they have, like, give you I new cards. I know what you mean. It's like honeymoon phase a little, right? Like you could feel that it probably won't be a forever thing, and and more just like you know how long is this like gonna keep my attention? But they keep the cards that I keep seeing are are very interesting and change yeah. things a lot so if they keep that kind of cadence uh it could be a forever game we'll see like yeah i'm like wondering is there going to be just like thousands of cards eventually like if it's that popular for that long could be because they're already diving into the like tiny characters as i already said whatever okay i'm also playing uh i've also been enjoying when I go to bed at night, I've been going to bed very early, getting into bed, and mm-hmm. I, uh, I use, I use medicinal substances at night to help me relax and uh, go to sleep. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I, I love I just, I love just having my little uh, vape pen on my chest here, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> going at it until I get sleepy. 
and playing <laughs> and playing Vampire Survivors on my Steam Deck. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great, just, end just a of nice the day. peaceful game of oh, it's so, just chaos. It's not, it, but it is kind of peaceful. You're just one thumb is just moving the guy around, and it is peaceful. But you're right, it is chaos. No, I, 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 yeah, I can see that because a lot of a lot of it's automated, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not like firing or anything. It's just dodging. That's a that's a good game. It's a huge. It's like one of the top selling games, like month after month. Um, probably because it's like four, three or four dollars. Have you guys mm. played it? Yeah, at it's all? like. Mm-mm. Um, no, but I'm vaguely familiar. So it's like a a single stick shooter because it's like a twin stick shooter, but you don't actually shoot. So it's only the movement stick, right? And then otherwise, yeah. it's kind of a progression treadmill, like a idle game. Mm. Right. It, it, there's a few games like this. There's. SNKRX, Snake RX. Did you guys ever see that one? No. I, I think it's way better. It's really cool. Um, but basically, that one was like a combination, like roguelike and snake game, almost like the snake screensaver. You like control, mm-hmm. and it it auto fires. So every every time you complete like a wave of enemies, you choose an upgrade, and it's another like projectile or AOE thing whatever it's a it's a cool type of game i don't know what you'd call it auto battler battler bullet hell arena i don't know it's a good Mm. it's a good little simple game also death's door is a good game been playing that and uh, i did buy i did buy red dead redemption 2 and then i saw that the file size was bigger than my memory card on my Steam Deck, so <laughs> that your Steam Deck can possibly hold. <laughs> yeah, so that, it, so then Bummer. I ordered a a Black Friday like new micro SD, mm. and of course because it was so cheap, it's coming from China. So I'll get that January fourth, and then I'll play. <laughs> I think that's a good time to start playing Red Dead Redemption. Sure. Yeah. All right, that's all I've been doing. Nice. Fish. Sweet. How about you, Fisher? If, if you enjoyed Death Store, by the way, I don't remember if you've played. Have you played Tunic? No. Oh, yeah. I've I've tried it. I haven't really gotten okay. into it though. You like it? Tunic was Tunic was kind of what I wished Death Store was. Cool. Death Store kind of felt a little more simplistic, and Tunic had the like more sink your teeth into it adventure that I was hoping for. Oh yeah, more like a Zelda. Yeah. 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 I I like the looks of that one too. Death Store. I like the simplicity of it. It's it's hard, souls like aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Fisher. Um. So yeah, on on my side, stuff I've been into lately, games wise, I, <laughs> I kind of had this period where I was like, oh well, I you know, there's not a ton coming out, so I think I'm you know like gonna branch into a game I'd been meaning to play but hadn't, and so Persona Five nice. uh, has a Switch version, uh, and I picked that up, and then immediately like. Warhammer 40k Darktide came out and God of War came out and all these other games came out and I was like clearly I just wasn't paying attention and now I have too many games to play but <laughs> um but I I have been kind of continuing on Persona uh and you know it, it's this like people speak so highly of the series and Persona 5 especially has this just amazing style and soundtrack and stuff and so I I wanted to give it a, a fair shake um, and I've been really liking it. It, as with a lot of JPGs, it really holds your hand aggressively. 
And like, I could see all these systems, like these time management systems that they like clearly wanted to give you all this freedom, but like, didn't give it to you at all. They just hold your hand for a while. And then, you know, at the moment I was like about to give up on it and be like, clearly this is just a linear game. They let go of your hand. Mm. And like, I almost got shock from it because like it went, it went from like, you have no choices to you only have two time slots every day and there's 20 different things to do. Be optimal. (laughs) I know it's so stressful. (laughs) And I was like, do I, do do I, do I study or do I, you know, hang out with my friends to increase our bond? Yeah. You got to increase. Yeah. I mean, I did hang out with my friends. (laughs) But that has to be tied to your, you know, various personas so that you can maximize those, those bonds. Yeah, I still, that's one area that I still haven't fully wrapped my head around is like, you know, I can equip all these different personas that have entirely different move sets and then I can like kill them to merge them into a new persona. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's this whole like monster farmer Pokemon style, like collecting and breeding game. But Mm -hmm. like, I don't know enough about the game systems. So it feels entirely arbitrary still at this point where it's like, all right, well, I have this move set of all these different elemental attacks and this move set of all these elemental attacks, and then I can kill them both to create a whole different move set of different elemental attacks. It's but really, lot. I just I just want the list of ones that my, the rest of my party doesn't have. So anyway, I, I'm <laughs> cool. still learning. I'm sure some of you more experienced players are shaking your head at me right now, but I'm, I'm still <laughs> kind of learning the ropes right at the end of the first palace. So. I think the... the uh... Switch, I think, is the way to play that. I I got I bought Persona Five pretty much when it came out on PS4, mm-hmm. and um, played about forty hours of it, and wasn't even near to probably halfway. <laughs> like I got like I was like, man, I don't think I have the time to really play this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stopped right about then. But it felt like to me, um, because of the, the setup that I have, that a portable version would be better because you could just kind of lounge around comfy places and you know kind of poke at it a little bit and set it down as opposed to like sitting down in front of the tv and playing mm-hmm. which uh yeah that was kind of my hope when i saw it was on the switch that's what really convinced yeah. me and it's it's really stylized which i think does well on limited yeah. hardware yeah you know? does it run all right yeah it actually runs great oh, um i mean cool. the graphics have aged a bit uh but like the all the ui stuff holds up perfectly right yeah. like still looks great cool yeah i i've i'm often tempted to download it again and, and try it again but then i think of all of the like the thing you just described and I'm like I, I don't know if i want to do that again <laughs> too many yeah, games all games too should be games. like two hours long i actually <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I used to love long games and i've come to appreciate short games i yeah I short really games like rule. a short game i a like short hike i i one. prefer long games personally do you well, good because we made one yeah i do yeah i like games that i can sink my teeth into like uh oh i played portal for the first time oh nice Ooh, really, that's, that's a good cool game. i really loved yeah. it I it's loved great it. that's a short game it's short yeah. i love that yeah, about it and then i tried to play uh half-life for the first time that half-life 2 or just no just the first, the first one. one. Oh jesus yeah it feels really gross i did not like it <laughs> There's a re- <laughs> fan remake called Black Mesa, Black Mesa that yeah. might be a better oh, yeah. thing to check out. I just wanted to get into it because I liked the the lore that was starting to kind of come out in Portal. I was like, I, I, want, play, I want the full story. Play Half-Life 2. It's just just go right to it? Just yeah, jump yeah, to yeah, it. yeah. You don't need to play Half-Life 1. Okay. 
cool. Yeah, you could it, you it could watch terrible. like a you could watch a five minute YouTube recap of what happens in Half Life One, and then yeah. just go into Half Life Two. Half Life Two is so good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's That's very what good. I'll do. That's what I'll do. Yeah, Half Life One is not even supported on the Steam Deck, so there's a lot of like weird things <laughs> oh, really? you have to weird. use. You have to use like the ironic trackpad. I know what like their 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 first game is that their first game. Uh, uh, I don't think it's their. First. The first big game. Their, I think, yeah, it's, it's what they really hit it off with. The portal was amazing. I loved it, and I started Portal Two, and that seems okay. Yeah, it's. I can see what you're saying, though, Andrew. You said last week that you like Portal One better. Yeah, it's better. It's the superior game because the mystery is still there. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's more <clears> charm, <throat> I think. Yeah. yeah. Though Stephen Merchant is funny. Yeah, I did Portal like that. Two. I did he like is funny. that. Uh, um. The the other the other thing I've been up to is I didn't actually write it down here, but I so I had all this footage from when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, mm. and I'd kind of meant to put it together in a video. I'd like talk to somebody on Fiverr for a bit about doing it, and then he kind of ghosted me. Um, and so finally, with this, you know, feeling like I I have a little bit of room to do side projects these days. I, um, on Sunday, I just, I was talking to some friends about potentially having them edit it. And then some people suggested that maybe I just give it a try myself. Mm -hmm. So on Sunday I sat down and edited all my footage together into like a, like kind of 10 minute YouTube video about my climb. Mm -hmm. Uh, and actually the, the process of editing together a video was really fun. It was cool to like grab little bits and cut them together to kind of tell a story that the original footage didn't quite put together. And, uh, it's still very amateurish, but if you're curious to see a video about my Kilimanjaro climb, it's on my YouTube channel, which is A Fisher Games. Uh, we should put a at, link. We should put a link in the description. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we can we can put a link to it. Uh, so we check will. out the description for a for a link to my Kilimanjaro video. Sweet, that's cool. Um, we will do that, and uh, we'll also talk to Andrew about his his things he's been into. <laughs> my things that's my yeah. best best, tra- best transition of the show i say <laughs> smooth <laughs> uh i watched the finale of andor um a couple weeks ago and uh i thought that was great i loved it i really enjoyed the andor series uh i think cool. yeah it, it leaves a few uh plot threads dangling there uh, just enough, I think, to take you into a season two. But I think if there wasn't even a season two, I'd be pretty satisfied with how it ended. Um, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, I think easily the best Star Wars thing that's happened uh, since um, that video game, the uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Order. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great. And then this and Andor, I think, are the things i've really enjoyed so far of star wars it's, and, and for disney plus i feel like it is easily my favorite disney plus series that i've seen um it was just really good I, I think the the pacing of it i think some people might i don't know maybe people think it's too slow i think there were some times when it, 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 it gets a little ponderous um but for the most part i thought it was fantastic it, it generally feels like they basically made at least so far it like the the first half is is very distinctly like two movies right mm-hmm. like and so it's like a three episode arc is a very distinct story 
And so that second episode is just kind of this weird, like it's not doing setup and it's not doing resolution. It's just kind of in the middle, right, yeah. of this arc. I and think so episodes I definitely... like four and five, I think we're kind of like, there's not a whole lot happening. I can't remember exactly. but I think two, for me, two and five, like the, the middle of each little like mini movie like it just didn't feel like a satisfying episode because it's like they're just yeah. moving the pieces around to get ready for the, yeah, yeah. the the. But I, but I totally agree with you. It's it's funny because you and I had that conversation. We we had a conversation about like what we wish Star Wars TV was more about, right? Like yeah. taking it away from the main characters, slowing it down, more deliberate pacing, seeing parts of like corners of the setting, and like Andor, like hits that hits the ticket like yeah. of what we were kind of talking about wanting to see totally yeah I, I love how it just it just uh it really gets into some of the locations too like the the cultures there and the people there and i think the the greatest thing about it is that it actually takes the time for you to care about the characters it takes the time for you to to, to like establish their relationships with an, with one another you get to know them a little bit mm-hmm. they grow and change and they you know they have problems and make good decisions and bad decisions and uh, they all feel very human it it uh it was great i really enjoyed it quite a bit they they, they do that thing where there's a couple of villains that you accidentally start rooting for yeah totally mm. <laughs> you're like oh yes they, they got that thing they wanted to accomplish wait the thing they wanted to accomplish was super evil <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the villains are pretty fun they're, they're it's, one of them gets, I think, a little clownish at times, a little, a little one note sometimes. But mm. uh, she's she's still pretty cool. Um, there's one dude in there who's uh, a villain, but in this, he's super weird. He's such a weird person, which I really, I think, I like them both because they're so weird. They're weird. They're weird people, and they're villainous at the same time. <laughs> I gotta watch weird. this. Yeah, you should watch it. Uh, also been doing a lot of youth basketball i uh, my son sam is in and traveling basketball which i don't know if i've talked about uh well you've been watching a lot of youth basketball you haven't been participating <laughs> no i've not been playing <laughs> yeah. that'd be a little maybe a little more fun um, <laughs> no it's pretty fun it is pretty fun but I, you know I, he has practice two nights a week and then one weekend day is all basketball because we do we do so he does a tournament um so uh, this past tournament, uh, they finally uh, they play three games uh, each tournament, and the the result of the first game kind of determines which bracket you go into. If you lose, you go to the losers bracket. If you win, you go to the winners bracket. So the first two tournaments, they've lost the first game and then won the second two. So that means they're like the best of the losers bracket. Uh, but then this uh, <laughs> best this last yeah. You know, it's still you know it's better than they were last year. They were they went one and two in pretty much every tournament they played in last year, and they've been two and one so far in all their tournaments this year. So that's that's a pretty big turnaround. Um, but this this last tournament, they um, got to the they won their first two, so they got to the um, the championship game, which they lost, but they came in second, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's been fun. That's been fun. Um, Played Catan, Dawn of Humankind with my family again a couple times. Uh, that was with the boys. Uh, I played with them, and then uh, we all played as a family. And I've been Did... do- I've been dominating. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was just going to ask if your if your kids had finally eked out a victory. No, not yet. No, Sam. The when we played uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, he got. He was in a pretty good spot. Uh, he was like, he did a, he had an interesting strategy. He was kind of like rushing to exploration to, uh, 
to get a bunch of early points. And, um, but he did that at the expense of not creating little settlements. So, uh, I just beat him on resources and then came, came back in the end and I beat him like right before, like the turn before he was going to win. And that was pretty painful. So I had to console him a little bit, he, but he, he <laughs> came out of it. All right. I'm uh, sorry. I crushed you. So. Yeah. You know, I felt, I bad. hate this game. I felt, I hate bad. you dad. <laughs> no, no, he was just upset. Cause he was so close. Um, and then this last time we played, man, I, I crushed that time. Like I just went from zero to 60. No one's beating me. No one's trying to beat me at my own strategy yet. You know, just make, mm. you know, settlements and get all those resources and do whatever you want. Um, we, we've got to get your family to do some good old fashioned collusion and work yeah. together to dethrone you. Here. I, yeah. I'm all for it. I was, I did not feel good about winning this last time. I was like, Oh, I guess I won. Oops. It's lonely at the <laughs> top. Took, took me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And we also played Dixit, uh, which was really fun. Um, That's a good game. Yeah, Dixit is a really enjoyable game, and uh, Sebastian be... won the first time around that. But we 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 played twice around the track, so I I I won lap two. Do you call that a party game? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'd sure. say it's a party game. Probably. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and I've really been enjoying the new Metallica song that released a couple days ago. There's called, a new Metallica song? Yeah, called Lux Eterna. Yeah, they're doing uh-huh. a they have a new album coming out in, in April. And a few episodes ago, I I I talked some Yang about Metallica. And since then I've felt bad about what I said about them not caring. What'd you say about I, it? Uh, I said that like if you want to hear what faking it sounds like, listen to New Metallica. Mm. Yeah. Um but then you know, I listened to some interviews with uh with James Hetfield and then I felt really bad about what I said. So seems like take a it decent back. guy. Yeah, he's cool. Um, I listened to some old but, uh, Metallica recently for the nice. first time. Yeah, nice. Which one? Um, just some of their first couple albums. Nice. And I was into it. Usually, yeah, I, Kill 'Em All is a fantastic album. I didn't it's like that kind of music when I was young, but now it's it's hitting the spot for some reason. Nice, because <laughs> it's good. You know, the new song's pretty <laughs> awesome. I enjoyed it. It's uh, like it's more on the rock spectrum. Um, but it's, uh, it's called Lux Eterna, which means eternal light. And it has a, a little bit that's very similar to hit the lights from kill them all. So I feel like it's a, little. maybe like a sequel to that song in a, in mm. a way. I, I definitely see what you're saying about the, it being a little more rock. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it? to it right now and that's, yeah. Yeah. R- rather it's than good. metal. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it, it's like a hard. It's more like hard rock, I would say. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. on the hard rock side. Which is kind of what they a little bit of punk to it. Which is kind of where the direction they went in the late nineties, right? Well, yeah, kinda yeah, more or less. It's effectively, from you know load and unload forward. Reload, well, and then they did yeah. a bunch of weird stuff. They did Saint Anger, which was weird, and that Lou Reed thing. <laughs> the Lou Reed thing, yeah. <laughs> and then the last couple albums have been a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more metal-ish um, with some pretty cool riffs and a couple songs. Um, but nothing really grabbed me. But I really like this song. Like, it's, I think it's really catchy. And it's, I, I enjoyed it. So if you haven't checked it out yet. I Are you listening to it right it now, out. Fisher? I am. <laughs> I can see it in your face. They, they, just, got, they just got to the solo. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's short. Yeah, it's like a three-minute one. Three and a half minute. Made for radio. Solo? Oh, the song in total. The song, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a short little three-minute solo. <laughs> <laughs> you know 
<laughs> and that's it. That's what I'm into. And that's the title of the show. Um, awesome. That's that's better than the other notable uh, title of the show. So. <laughs> oh, the big, the big and what life big is and hard, big and hard, big hard life, life is big and hard, big hard no, life. No, no, no. Let's go with the solo one. <laughs> Short little three minutes uh, solo. Okay. <laughs> I, I know we were not supposed to talk about the title of the show in the show, but we done did it. Too late. Yep. No one's listening at this point anyway. Everyone's uh, listening. No, they're staying for your your music, Anders. Yeah, uh, my music. I got to remember that. There's so many yes. new things. Music. We're going to link to to your Kilimanjaro video. We're going to title it. Anyway, thanks. This has been a great show, you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks again for all your questions. Send us some more. People who've thought about asking a question but never had the guts just do it did you see some of these stupid questions that these people asked this week just kidding. <laughs> hey, <be nice> enough. <laughs> no you, you guys know me i'm just teasing you um all right thanks everybody and we'll see you in two weeks thanks bye bye bye